We have an update on Miles Bridges. Doug and David both hop back on the pod to share their thoughts from the weekend. That's all today on Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free. We are available anywhere you get your pods. And as always, that includes YouTube. This particular episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta, we appreciate them helping us out every single time. You can download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED to get, that's LOCKED, not LOCKED ON, just to be clear, LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st, already started up. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and yum, use yum. code yep. LOCKED. That's David Walker. You can follow him on Twitter at David B. Walker. That's Doug Branson as well. Helping me out as always. Not yesterday. Doug was feeling under the weather, but usually he's here in the co-captain seat. And you can find him <laughs> on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. You know, by your face, I can already tell you, we do not gotcha. want to hear anything from you. I, I don't <laughs> want to hear the details. By your face, you were like, oh, buddy, was I sick? Boy. And do I have some things to share with you? No, you don't. It's it's okay. It's fine. I'm it's fine. It's fine if you don't want to hear it. It's fine if you don't want to hear it. I mean, I could tell you all about it. I was sickest I've ever been. Uh, I have okay. a baby, and I just want to get a few. I just want to get a few warnings out to everyone. Uh, number one, uh, my voice is not 100 percent back because I am one of the single worst vomiters in all of, of vomiting. Um, I go. I'm the king of vomiting. And it ruins my voice. I'm a scream vomiter. I don't just like, it's not like, it's like, it's a whole ordeal. I won't, I won't recreate it here on the air. I don't want to make anyone else sick. Um, But Mm. I'll just say uh, that it was horrible. I tried to do the game. I got like a quarter into my game notes and I said, I can't do this anymore. I was Brandon Miller. I had to go out in the first quarter. No, true warrior, just like Brandon Miller and Brandon Miller at hopefully just like you, by the way, that he's back in the next game in the next episode. Uh, by the way, I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. So Brandon Miller, it's a big storyline. We also have another one. Hopefully, you know, Brandon Miller can come back soon. It does look like Miles Bridges will be back soon with the team. That's what Steve Clifford has been acting like, at least any time that he answers a question about Miles Bridges. And so it came out yesterday after he had his first court case for violating the protection order and the domestic violence violence arrest that he experienced a year and a half ago now joe bruno put this out a couple of outlets had it miles bridges has been given a new court date in a continuance it is going to be taking place on february 20th and that is going to be really right in the thick of things we're going to have a lot of basketball games in between then so doug miles steve clifford has been mentioning this that they anticipate him coming back once he does come back, he's going to have a significant role. He's he, Those are his exact words, that he'll have a significant role and he'll have one pretty immediately. Doug, what do you make of the uh, Miles Bridges situation as we saw the continuance and we've heard Steve Clifford's comments? I'm not surprised by Steve Clifford's comments. He's an old school NBA head. I mean, he's like, tell me who's available and that's who I'm going to play. And, and I'm, you know, he, I don't think he, um, for better or worse, doesn't take into consideration anything that happens off the court. He's, I, I'm just a coach. It's a, it's a sort of bury your hand, bury your head in the sand mentality that I think 
permeates through a lot of professional sports, um, that they separate what happens on the court from what happens off the court as long as the public relations will allow them to. So, so none of that surprises me. I am surprised, though, because I thought the NBA was doing some kind of investigation. So if he plays, uh, then, then I guess we're just going to assume that the NBA has concluded their investigation into the most recent uh, warrants and arrests of, of Miles Bridges and that they're going to clear him to play. Um, but uh, n- none of this really surprises me. I mean, this is all going to be gross and embarrassing and, and a big risk because you, you have to assume one of two things, right? One, that the Hornets know something about all of the stuff surrounding Miles Bridges, uh, the, the arrest, the warrant, the allegations of pool balls hitting windshields. They must know something that we don't know that that is uh, going to clear him and, and there will be no embarrassment from it. Or they're just desperate at this point. They're, they're looking at a team that is, that is three and six right now and in danger of the season slipping away and desperate times call for desperate measures. So they're just going to roll the dice and risk it. I don't know which one of those two is reality, but, uh, uh, you know, that's I think that's what we're dealing with at this point. Well, and David, I mean, the, the way that they've talked, it's it's been Miles is going to mm-hmm. be the answer for mm-hmm. lack of depth. When we if if the whole five out conversation, do you roll with Mark Williams? Steve Clifford had some great comments about that with us yesterday. But Miles Bridges coming back, that would certainly allow you more so to go with PJ at the five and not sacrifice as much talent with Miles going there at the four. And And Cliff yesterday flat out said, when PJ goes to the five, we have significantly less talent out there. It's very Mitch Kupchak. We don't have any all-stars on this team. <laughs> it's in that neighborhood. So, David, it feels like Miles Bridges' return, the lack of free agency moves, it feels like this has always been the answer to them. It's always been their plan. From the time he was entering the free agency to the night before all of you know this uh, the, the, the bad news started rolling in two years ago. It's been their plan the whole time and they have not had a backup plan, which is kind of their MO. Uh, this is how this team has operated. This is how this front office has operated. Uh, it's been re-signed miles. It's taken them, you know, a year and a half, two years, whatever it is to do it. And if he's available, yeah, I mean, Clifford's going to play him and, you know, I don't know. I mean, how high, what do we hold over Clifford for this? If the league's not going to do much, if the team is, you know, operating in a, in a fashion that, you know, he's just going to be available to play Clifford sees what he has out there. I'm sure he's been told this is the plan pretty much all along. There's nothing else available. So yeah, I thought once he was, ready to come back Clifford's gonna pretty much put him in there and and, and count him to to roll him out there right or wrong and and like I think we all agree uh it it could be handled it could have been handled differently none of this feels good but Clifford in his position and we've talked about it he's acting like you know he's still trying to get this team ready he's still trying to get this team ready for postseason play in tournament in season tournament whatever he's coaching this basketball team and for him, he's going to use whatever he has at his disposal, which, by the way, is decreasing game after game. Like, he's losing valuable guys. He's having to play Leaky yeah. Black. He's having to play whoever is in uniform. So when he gets somebody back that is actually an impact player, yeah, he's going to put him out there. What are your thoughts, Doug? I saw you react a couple times. Well, I think what's odd is that he's going to play, and there's going to be no explanation as Mm-mm. to – 
you know, these, these most recent events. And so we're all just going to be wondering, okay, what's, what's the deal with that? I mean, the continuance is not, I think the February 20th is a new uh, court date. So we've got a long time here to wait and, and, and let this uh, develop. Um, so I, I think that's odd. I do, I, I hold Clifford accountable from a moral perspective in the same way that I, I hold the entire system accountable, which is uh, the entire system of professional sports is set up in such a way that it wants to run away from these issues as much as possible. It wants to hide from them. It wants to hide them from you. Um, and it doesn't care about women. I mean, that's just play. I've, I've been pretty plain on this show uh, that the NBA doesn't care about women. And, and I think all of these things play in together. This idea that like, just give me the piece of paper that says who I've got to play and I'm going to play them. You know, if, if, if no one takes a stand, then no one takes a stand. So that's, that's the way I feel about Steve Clifford's role in all of this morally. I think, by the way, I'm not sure it, it, it's not common knowledge, but I do think that they're going to have Miles Bridges. Uh, they're going to give him a media availability. They're going to give him a media session before he oh, plays. Good. And so who know, you know, make of that what you will, whether we'll get anything with, with real substance, whether there will be questions that allow for real substance to be given by Miles Bridges, whatever you may think. I, I do think we're going to get Miles Bridges media availability before he suits up. So timing on that, who knows? We know that he's going to be eligible to uh, eligible to play after this game against the Heat, which is the second in season tournament game going to be happening at the Spectrum Center, and then he's eligible. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see what Miles says. We'll see how he gets there on the court. Final thoughts, Doug? Yeah, I doubt he'll say anything, Uh, and and the legal process and and all of that will will shield him uh, from saying anything. But I hope that the media present will will press a little bit even though you know they're not going to you know he's not going to say anything i hope there is a li- a little bit of media pressure because i i thought it was interesting that clifford gets to new york and is finally pressed on the miles bridges situation asked multiple times about it and he seemed even in the quotes to get a little frustrated by it to say like look we've released statements on this i was reading the espn report from bond temps and it's like of course he gets to new york and that's where he's asked multiple questions about playing Miles Bridges, whereas I don't feel like that same pressure is really put on him when he's in front of a more friendly Charlotte media. Or I don't even know if it's friendly or just relaxed, but it's a diff- we, I've talked about it multiple times. Like It's a different environment here in Charlotte media-wise than it is in New York or L.A. or any of these places. So I hope a little bit of pressure is put on um in in that media availability yeah and with new york like you are going you know you're going with the the most valuable basketball franchise with the new york knicks and Mm -hmm. you are talking about media that being the mecca with that being the biggest city in sports and it's in a short time so this is their steve clifford availability they're gonna hit you with all the miles bridges stuff and that's you know they've got a short just came out right like if this had happened that they played their first game up there. Well, we the had the, we had we had the the news of the continuance yesterday, right. so we, we didn't know what was going to happen with the court date. So we we got that yesterday because of the court date taking place November thirteenth, and of course they played the Knicks the the day prior. Right. So, um, yeah, that that was a, a barrage at least for a like what three minute session and. You know, we I asked him about it yesterday. He's continuing to say I'm only focused on on what I, what's at hand. We're focused on the Miami Heat, very Bill Belichickian, 
And that's all he was giving me. So this is Steve Clifford, man. Right now, at least he's uh, it's, focused on the yeah. task. Go ahead, David. It's Clifford, but again, I mean, it's the organization. I mean, they have to know this is coming down, right? They have to know for as long as this has been going on, at some point, someone is going to have to say something and it's going to be whoever is in front of a microphone. And so I guess they've handled it the only way they know how or are willing to do. I mean, he had that one media availability right before the season, right? As him and Mitch didn't really yeah. say anything then, you know, uh, said the boilerplate stuff about learning and giving, you know, doing other stuff and getting back. So like, yeah, I mean, to Doug's point, I don't think it's going to be that much different this time around. Um, and, you know, this is the first questioning they've had though, like in a year and like, uh, they didn't, I don't think anybody asked him anything about it all last year. Uh, it feels like the NBA put, uh, well, he was in hiding. Uh, yeah. Like right. he was, yeah. Just no, even when he shows up in LA, right. Shows up on the sidelines. Yeah. No one really says anything about it. So, but like from an organizational standpoint, you know, I don't think they've had a game plan to deal with this, or maybe it's just been like, we're going to hide behind the legalese of it. And then we'll yeah. talk about it when we have to. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about more cheerful subjects because that's how there's there's plenty of those in the Charlotte Hornets organization. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We discussed the Miles Bridges update. We'll get into what happened against the New York Knicks and maybe get David and Doug's thoughts on what happened against Washington on Friday. That was a little bit better than what we saw on Wednesday. We'll get to that in just a moment. Now, before I talk about Ibotta, this episode is brought to you by Ibotta. How does free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? Oh, especially the brown gravy. I put that on everything but mac and cheese. If it's not mac and cheese, I'm putting brown gravy on it. And I appreciate Ibotta for making sure that's accounted for. Starting November 1st, so it's already happened, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. That's it. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you are purchasing. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. More Locked on Hornets coming up. So I mentioned this a little bit in the solo episode. We split the weekend here in Charlotte. We got the win against Washington on Friday. Thank God it did not look good right from the get-go. They <laughs> fell to a 10-0 hole as soon as the ball was in the air. And it was like, great, we we can't, at, at least it's quick. At least in the game on Wednesday <laughs> that the Hornets played well, they gave you some false hope, and then it you know all just got destroyed after we got to the second quarter. Here it seemed like it was going to be quick. Then they battled back. They eventually would put on what was a great fourth quarter. Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, changing hands here, being the hero in that fourth quarter. And then the New York Knicks game happens, guys. And Brandon Miller, after you know just pouring it in in the first quarter, he goes out with a sprained left ankle. Steve Clifford said to me yesterday on Wesson Walker that he uh, was not in a boot 
And so like, hopefully nice. he's not going to be out for a couple of weeks, but cause we had a similar situation with Scoot Henderson. Like, yeah, we'll bring him in the comparison once more. He sprained his ankle, but he's out even more because an MRI shown uh, showed a bone bruise. And so he's going to be out for two to three more weeks. You wanted to avoid that. It looks like Brandon Miller is going to avoid a, a major setback here. And then they just didn't have enough depth. No Terry Rozier, no yep. Brandon Miller, who you depend on a ton. Leaky Black getting his meaningful debut. David, I'll start with you. I mean, any thoughts on just the injuries that they suffered in this game? And after that, it, was there anything that we could take away in the second half with no Terry Rozier and no Brandon Miller, but everybody else, everybody else able to play? Well, you continue to take away LaMelo Ball and his play. I mean, through the weekend and the last four games, he's been awesome. Uh, I think he's back. I think we all wanted to see that. And you guys, uh, you guys pointed it out, you know, when he when he made, I think, two games in a row looking good. He's just looking better. I mean, yeah. it's night and day, his aggressiveness to the basket. Uh, he's actually going in there and trying, not still not getting calls, you know, still not getting uh, the, the respect that he should get out there on some of those calls. But he does look like to me he is at least – trying to go through a little more contact than in years past. I don't, you know, you know I don't know. Maybe I'm just seeing things. But, oh, I but totally I think, agree. Like, I think yeah. some of the problems with, with LaMelo, like for me, was that he would shoot from the hip. He would right. shy away from contact. And it didn't mean that he was soft. It was just he thought this was the best way to throw the basket into the hoop. But I've seen him multiple times now. Take it up with two hands. He yeah. had the and one against Luca. I think, in the next game after that. I forget what it was now. You've seen him be more physical driving to the rim. And Zach Lowe wrote an article about it in his 10 things column. It's not even necessarily him being efficient. He still isn't shooting well at the rim. But Zach Lowe's first line in that column was, hey, LaMelo Ball's efficiency at the rim is still really bad. And I barely care because he's at least attempting it more. And that's going to help LaMelo and this team going forward. Well, and hopefully it helps him get a better whistle. Because I just think the whistle on LaMelo Ball right now is brutal. Like, he has no respect from the referees at this point. And I wonder, like, how much of that is missing so much time last year. Like, would the refs be refing him differently if he was a back-to-back all-star? Which I think if you look at his numbers right before he got that ankle fracture, like, if you take that and extrapolate it over the course of the the entirety of last season, he would have most definitely been uh, an all-star candidate. Uh, I don't think he gets ref this way, um, but he's going to have to go in there and continue to get contact in order to get some respect. And he's going to have to continue to put up 30 point games uh, for this offense uh, to function. I mean, how many times have we seen LaMelo probe the baseline? Very Steve Nashian. Like that's just something that if you've been watching LaMelo ball since he's been in the NBA, that's not something that he's done a ton. And it, it, it goes back to what he's worked on this past offseason, which is keeping his dribble alive in the post um, that's that's going to help you get foul calls eventually. Um, so yeah, I've liked everything that I've seen from Lamelo, except yeah, for defense. Another- except for defense. I mean, look, well, I don't know. God. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever going to be a two way star. I, well, I can't decide. And you maybe you guys can help me. I wrote this in every Hornets box score. I can't decide whether or not Lamelo Ball will just never be a two way kind of All NBA level two way player. Or if he's just doing so much on offense at this point that we can't even expect him to really play any defense in sort of a James Harden-esque kind of way. I can't decide at this point. Well, I think the Halliburton play shows you that maybe like in spots or in spot, 
he right. will be able to when you know when the game is like when it's very black and white this is the game if you do not stop him right yeah so like, and then there's there. the, you're right and then there's your down 15 quentin grimes uh just takes right. you off the dribble or dante DiVincenzo backdoor cuts you backdoor cuts you and you don't even try uh, that's that's what i keep seeing when you're down 15 and i wonder like is is Lamelo not doing that because he looks around him and he goes, "All right, on the floor with me right now is Ishmith, uh, oh is God. Bryce McGowan's. Yes. Like I don't have enough three point shooting. <laughs> like Lamelo knows the game and he knows that yeah. if you're down fifteen to twenty and you're constantly playing with two or three guys that can't shoot threes, you got no shot to come back. It was McGowan's, Ish, Thor, and was it was PJ? No, it was somebody also who could not shoot. Um, I don't know, leaky? sub in, okay. leaky, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the four. I mean, that was the four out there with LaMelo, and he was still making things happen. Like, he was keeping them in that game. They didn't get blown out. Like, he had to, obviously, had to score everything, and that's when he went on that little mini run there. <laughs> but uh, so so, so I, you don't want to cut him a lot of slack and just say don't worry about defense, but my God, he's doing so much. He's pulling so much weight on offense right now. I don't know what is humanly possible That's for him saying. to play both sides of the floor, uh, you know, all, all the time. And and to your point, right? He's like, I'm gonna have to shoot some of these threes. I got to keep my legs a little bit. And then every other time, I'm getting slammed to the floor. Like I, I, I you know, I can't go all out all the time. No, and I, I hear that. I think for me, I and I'm, I wish I would have asked Steve this yesterday. It would have been a good question. With okay. So how do you view LaMelo's responsibility offensively and how it should affect his defense? I would imagine Steve Clifford would tell me he's actually gotten a lot better defensively because he said that every single time that he's on the mic. And I don't know how true it is in spots. I think sometimes it was. I think at the beginning of the season, actually, I think it was true that he was staying in the spots where he was supposed to and he was getting better. There were still some bad plays from him. Now I'm I'm with you, Doug. I don't think it's been very good. But I also wonder if there would be any kind of conversation from him, any true thoughts where he'd say, yeah, there is a lot of offensive responsibility and this is why there's there's some things to be desired defensively. I'm more so of of the thought that w- we should have LaMelo not get beaten off the dribble. Like I I think yeah. I I know that you're going for 30 right now. You don't have a lot of depth and I'm I'm sympathetic to that, right? Like that lineup you put out there, yeah, it's tough. But you're not guarding the best player. I don't think, you know, sometimes you're going to be put on, you know, some backcourt players, but Quentin Grimes, as good as he is, I need you to stay in front of him. I would like, you know, that would be nice. So I think there, there can be some kind of medium where, okay, I'm not having him face guard Kevin Durant. You know, I'm not trying to have him chase LeBron James, but if it's, you know, whoever for the wizards, whoever, right. You know, except for Kyle Kuzma, but no, you would never do it. Any of the realistic options right. that you would put LaMelo on that aren't your first or second best player, then I would like LaMelo to hold his own in those matchups. Yeah, and what I think this is, and I've heard, by the way, I've heard Steve Clifford mention multiple times over the course of his career with the Hornets that, like, if you're not going to play defense, you better be putting up 30 a night. And yeah, so, he, like, he says that was like, you're right. And this bulb. is the guy. So Lamelo's <laughs> like, I'm going to test this theory, coach. Let me see. Yeah. Let me see if this really works. The, yeah. the problem is that turns you into James Harden, and James Harden doesn't win championships. Oh no, uh, James Harden gets a lot of oh, individual awards. There's no doubt about that, but he doesn't win championships. And I yeah. think what what we're seeing here possibly is we're seeing sort of the ceiling of Lamelo Ball, which is like he's not going to be the player 
that carries a bad team deep into the playoffs. There have been players like that over the course of NBA's history where you go, wow, this this player was able to just put the entire team on his back and carry a bad roster. I just don't think that's LaMelo Ball, and I think that's why it's important that you do continue to draft players like Brandon Miller who can do it on both ends of the floor, play defense uh, to pair alongside him. I, you know, if, if they can continue to do that, uh, then then they'll have some success or or use uh, I didn't even mention use trading and you know free agency because they just don't do that uh, but yet. that would be nice as well yeah. if you acquired players that were lengthy and cared about the defensive end of the floor to pair alongside LaMelo Ball that's what you're going to have to do because yeah. he's just never going to be that player that's well that and that's why I'm still holding out a little bit I mean he's so he's just so gifted and, and his length and his height and his vision gives him something that not a lot of other people have. And the people they have surrounded him with, obviously, have just not been up to snuff. I mean, you know, Brandon Miller is the first guy they've been able to plug in and play. Um, his vets keep falling down all around him. They're getting on in age anyway. So, yeah, I mean, LaMelo um, might have a bit of a ceiling, but I think you just it's, – it's very tough for me to close the book on – the type of leader and the type of, you know, uh, alpha dog he can be without seeing just a little more around him, man. I mean, you finally got Mark Williams, but the depth is just not there. He can't go off the floor. He can't leave the floor and expect to come back to anything close to what he left. And, you know, for his, you know, God bless him. He, he rarely has gotten frustrated outwardly with that fact, you know, to his credit so far, Uh, he'll get frustrated with the calls and the refs, uh, but he seems to take most of that stuff in stride. I don't know how long that keeps going, but I, I just hold off slamming the book shut on him being able to be that type of player until they get at least one other dude that can stay out there with him. Yeah, don't get me, I, start, I think, don't get me started on Mark Williams. I, I, I like you know I didn't listen to yesterday's show because I wasn't oh, on no. it. Whoa, 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 oh no! Whoa, whoa. Uh, so I, so I need to, I'd love to hear. How I'd love to hear Walker's. <laughs> I'd love to hear Walker's thoughts on. Uh, on Mark Williams' performance in this last game, but let's do it. Let's you know we're up against it. Let's let's do you it. You are a, you are d- despite me being fair to Mark uh-huh. Williams and uh-huh. discussing how he needs to be more physical. You are a heat-seeking missile with your criticism for Mark finding Walker in your crosshairs, saying Walker, did you see him? Did you see he was bad? Yes, <laughs> I see you, Doug. I you see that one. Mark Williams was not physical. We'll get to it in just a moment and okay, some in-season you. tournament contest. Uh, Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets uh, podcast. Doug, man. All right, here we go. We're, we're going with I'm the back, Mark baby. Williams. <laughs> He's back. We're going with Mark Williams' criticism, and we'll give you some uh, in-season tournament comments from David and Doug as well. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, even more than that. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. More locked on Hornets. One more second. All right, Doug, get it off your chest, man. Like it, get vomit all of your Mark Williams criticism right here on the podcast with all of your accuracy. Well, I mean, I, I am repeating myself. It's just we have to put these big performances from Mark Williams in perspective. That's all I'm asking. It's not really necessarily a, a giant criticism of Mark Williams. It's just perspective like that, that 20 and 20 performance 
was great on paper, but the Washington Wizards <laughs> allowed him to get 20 and 20. I mean, that's that's just the bottom line. Their whole strategy was, same as the Nets before him, was let whatever happens inside happen because we're going small and we're going to try to beat them with three-point shooting. And so then you get a, a matchup against the New York Knicks where you have Mitchell Robinson, a very physical rebounder, and just the entire team, Hardenstein, very physical player, Barrett, uh, Randall. I mean, they're all guys that that just bully their way to the rim and and they don't care who's down low anymore. And so that that's what happened against the Knicks. And, and, you know, you see the stat line. So that's all I'm asking for is like, hey, let's have a little perspective about Mark Williams. He's still a second year player. He's still got to get more physical. He's still got to get bigger, honestly. And and there are some serious issues down at the center position still. David, you laugh. Why do you laugh? Yep. I mean, I think it's fair. I just think, yeah, no, nah, I'm just giggling about this. <laughs> on, on paper. Uh, but, but I mean, yeah, to Doug's point, I, I think we're still waiting to see him uh, round into form, round into shape. But I think you guys talked about it last week. Like he's, I mean, how many NBA games has he played right now, right? Like he's still getting uh, his feet under him, really from an NBA perspective, having played a full-blown season even though he's in the second year. So there's going to be nights like that for Mark. Uh, it's, it's, it's light years away, away from any center options we've had uh, recently. So, you know, I think there's still room for him to grow, obviously. And yeah, he's going to take a beating. So he's going to take a beating some night, dude. I mean, that's just going to happen, but mm -hmm. uh, other nights he's going to be able to provide a presence in there, which is what he's done. So it's a lot of it may be matchup based. It's going to be how some of the teams other go against him. But, you know, uh, it's better than what we've had out there. I think it's still reason to celebrate, Doug. I'm, I'm just saying. Let's don't ship him out of town just yet. I'm not, I'm not ready to ship him out of town. The problem for the Hornets, and honestly, it's fortunate for Mark Williams, is that they don't have a backup that really provides any kind of complimentary service. They don't have a physical mm -hmm. center as a backup because all of these nights that Mark Williams is struggling to get a rebound, you look down at Nick Richards' stat line, I mean, for this one, uh, uh, Mark Williams finished with four rebounds. Uh, Nick Richards finished with four rebounds. Same thing a few nights ago uh, when, when they were play or when they played the Pistons and when they played some other teams that were physical. You look down and they're both not getting double digit rebounds. So it's not even as if Mark Williams is really under any threat uh, to not start uh, because of that. But look, I mean, you know, I think in the first half, Mark and Nick both had one rebound. Like what? That's yeah. like. That's insane. Well, that is insane. I think, yeah, I think the book is out too. You, to me, it looks like these teams are are trying to be physical with the Hornets because they 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 get a little. They know that a little bit. They know. And there's two guys that are fighting back. Really, it's it's Brandon Miller and you know PJ on occasion. Um, and, and now Brandon Miller, he's I guess he's probable tonight, but we'll see. So yeah, but that's the that's the prescription, right? I mean, just bang the Hornets inside. Their big guys can't really can't really keep up. Yeah, I think so. Okay, with me, I think having the avenue to go to a skill set like Mark Williams in a way we have not been able to do in 15 years, that's really valuable to me. And I think it's really valuable to Steve Clifford. And I think you have seen that on the floor, even in the spots where he's not grabbing rebounds, which is a problem. You got to be you got you got to grab rebounds at seven, one, seven feet, having that longer wingspan putting on as much weight as you did in the off season. Maybe he could put on more. That's a problem. I, the Washington stuff, you know, I don't think they allowed him to grab 20 rebounds in this past game. 
Daniel Gafford played 30 minutes in the second contest. He played 13 in the first. Like Gafford was out there and punked him to to your to your mm-hmm. point just a little bit. Punked him a couple times, especially when Mark was had the basketball on offense trying to score against Gafford. But there was a big old battle between those two guys in the second game. First game, totally with you. They put Danilo outside. They had him shoot threes, just like Dorian Finney-Smith did. And then even against some physical guys, even in the first game, Clint Capella would get him, get him out of the you know restricted area in order to grab a rebound. But in this game, I thought Mark battled quite a bit. And I think you saw him. He even talked about it. Yeah, once I knew I was like at 17, 18, I was going after it. Like I was hungry. It was, it's just how it is. The adrenaline starts to rise once you know you're in record territory. And then he got one. I thought there were some physical rebounds that he was able to grab, even if you know he should be able to wow. grab them. That was good. So I thought there was a tale of two games here against Washington. The second one, I didn't think they let him. The first one, yeah, they they were looking to attack offensively. Well, hey, find the hunger when you got one or two rebounds. I think that's what I'm asking for at this point. You know, it's easy you to see. get the hunger. It's easy to get the hunger when you've got 18 rebounds. I'm I'm asking you to find the hunger when you look at the box score and you've got one rebound in the first half. That's when you need to get hungry. There you go. In that yes. second yeah. half, okay? Yeah. That's let me let me tell you when yeah. to get hungry. He's back. Okay. Number one, I, number I, two. I, num- I, let me good. let me say one more thing. I got one more criticism of of Mark Williams, and that is, if you're going to go for the block on the guard on the driving guard, then you better make the block, especially when you're playing a team with a great offensive rebounder like Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. Because if you miss the block attempt, like he did multiple times against Brunson, I think Barrett got in there one time, or maybe quickly got in there one time and floated it over the top. If you miss the block attempt. It's game over. That's a Mitchell Robinson dunk automatic every time. If you're going to go for the block, get the block. Yeah. I think those two games in particular, the first Wizards game and the Knicks game, obviously really got away from the Hornets. And that's going to take him out of the game a little bit. I mean, when when quickly in the Knicks or the Wizards and Gallinari are drilling threes and the Hornets literally cannot find the basket with a three-point shot, uh, it's going to be hard for him to make an impact anyway. So, um yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see tonight because, you know, Bam's going to be physical. If they want to go big, um, uh, who was it? I'm sorry. Thomas Bryant. Um, Thomas Bryant. I mean, he's come in here before. Thomas Bryant, I feel like he's come in here before and put on a spazzy show and gotten like 15 rebounds. So, like, he'll come out there with energy. Um, you know, they can do whatever they want, um, go big or go small, or, and, and you know – the heat are going to be physical guys. I mean, that's just, that's just heat culture. Well, and remember, yeah, that's right. It's oh, on God. their paint. Just, just take a look in their paint. It tells <laughs> them that they're going to be physical, but, uh, and, and Mark Williams, remember last year had a really good game against Bam Adebayo smaller center, yeah. but had a good game yeah. against him. So hopefully we can see that again from Mark, any in season tourney thoughts real quickly. Let's go rapid fire, David, and start with you. What do you I'm think? I'm so excited guys. I was there in 1989, uh, for the opening night, uh, the black tie event, first Hornets game ever. I was there uh, the opening night at the Spectrum Center, first Bobcats mm-hmm. game there, and I'll be there tonight. Another history-making night, first in-season <laughs> tourney game, special court, I guess special uniforms, I don't know. I kind of hope the Heat wear their Heat culture uniforms where it just says <laughs> Heat culture. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think, you know, the, the, there's a little more juice in these games, I think, and I think the court helps with that. Players are like, wait a second, this is a little different. They're one to know if they can sneak in a game, you know, against some of these uh, top tier teams, mm-hmm. you know, maybe get a little frisky. I, I think it's going to be fun. Hopefully they can put on a good show. Doug, no Tyler hero. I think tonight, yep. what, what right. kind of shot do you give them? 
Well, Hornets have always been a sneaky, tough matchup. And, and no matter how the roster is constructed, um, they've always been a sneaky, tough matchup for the Heat. Um, so I give them a shot. I mean, it would align with just how crazy uh, this Hornets team and unpredictable this Hornets team, as our bet the buzz results would indicate, how unpredictable this team would be. It would align with that if they just went on a run and got to Vegas. Um, so I, I give them a good shot insane. in this game uh, for sure. NBA and then never look, allow it. <laughs> and then look, you know, if they do get Miles Bridges back, um, I think that's going to be a tough scout for for uh, the Milwaukee Bucks because you're going to be dealing with a player that hasn't played um, in, in over a year. Uh, so that could be that could be a sneaky um, weird advantage for the Hornets as well. I don't know at this point. I, I think everything's up in the air, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see the court, and I think the in-season tourney is a good idea. And uh, yeah. even though Adam Silver says they may have to adjust the courts, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Jeez, dude, uh, don't be I like don't, you cowards! Come yeah, on, he's already back. You got to get it ready. He's already back. You, well, get, it, you know what it had to be. It had to be the Lakers uh, Suns game because that court was purpling. It was purpling hard. Okay. Like, I don't know. It was sometimes it put me in a little bit of a daze or purple haze, if you will. Well, that's, it, that, it, that's the thing. Did they not get these things under television cameras? That's yeah. all of these should have been tested under like Bally well, sports I television Dallas, cameras to figure Dallas it out. Dallas couldn't use theirs, right? There was somebody that could not use right. theirs. And so there was that's actual right. physical problems. With these courts, they may have too many courts. I don't want to go out on a limb. They may have too many jerseys. They may have too many courts. No. Uh, but yeah, let's 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 workshop these guys. Just to correct myself, 88-89 first uh, first Hornets game. I, I don't want to. I don't want to get come after in the comments there. It's of course it's nineteen eighty eight eighty nine. All right, that is the OG David Walker making history tonight once oh. again. He's going to be out there. I hate it. I'm not going to be able to see it. I'm doing Queens men's basketball. Give us a check out. If oh. Bally gets shut down, if Bally isn't working, then watch me on the broadcast. Just stream it, baby. Watching Queens and high point, a North Carolina classic. So nice. I won't be out there, but David will be holding it out there. And you can find him on Twitter again at David B Walker. That's Doug Branson. You can find him on his Substack, every He's got more if thoughts I'm not on Mark vomiting. Williams. Yeah, not vomiting. He does have more thoughts on Mark Williams if you want to check those out. And you can listen to me on WFNZ from 12 Speaking to 3 every weekday. <laughs> I vomit every radio. day on the mic. Oh, all right. 92.7 FM. I might as well finish it. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to recap the in-season tournament game, the debut in the Spectrum Center against the Miami Heat.